This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side of the microphone. And, and Evan, a lot to talk about today in the world of college sports, but I, I do want to start with this and and. It came out earlier this week. The Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are in talks of being in alliance with each other. And I think that's important because a lot of people thought that Kevin Warren was just sitting around doing nothing. And I kept saying, I don't think that he's stupid enough to just realize that the college football world is changing. Well, those three commissioners will work in magic behind the scenes. Now, it's not official yet, but talks are that they're they're, they're going to form like a, a coalition, a, a cartel, so to say in the world of college football. This is a, a two-fold thing that they're going to do, and, and it's really for two reasons. One, to stop the growth of the SEC, because let me backtrack here. There was really no point of adding a team just to add teams because, well, the SEC took Texas and Oklahoma, so we got to go out and we got to raid the Big 12 for whatever teams we want. What's the point of adding teams that are not going to bring anything to your conference? And let's be real, folks. There was no teams out there that were really going to significantly going to help. The only one you would have probably could have had the argument for was Notre Dame. Notre Dame was not leaving being independent. No. Especially when you got the the side deal with the ACC that were kind of in the conference but were not. Notre Dame wasn't coming to the Big Ten. There was no point of scrambling to get Oklahoma State. Yeah, they're good now. Or, hey, we go get Texas, uh, TCU, Texas Christian. Okay. None of these teams moved the needle. And I stated before, and I think I even said it here too, if I'm the Big Ten, I don't expand. I don't need to. We got 14 teams. We're cutting up the pie 14 ways. If you bring in two more teams, you're not divvying up that pie more ways, 16 times instead of 14 times, which means you get to get less money. Kansas probably was the only one that made sense yeah, financially. But, and that's only from the basketball side of things. So well, they don't football, generate money like football. Well, the team is awful, but financially they would have generated money because you would have gotten into the St. Louis, Kansas City okay. markets, which are pretty good markets. That's about it. So there's really not a team out there that just – said, wow, it's going to enhance the conference. So these three conferences said, rather than, hey, guys, rather than try and steal teams from each other, how about we unify? We form this coalition. We form a cartel. And this cartel stops the SEC in a couple ways, and it it keeps them in check. Way one is, is probably a way that most people aren't really seeing, but it's the voting power. 
It's with the college, new college football playoff coming up. ESPN got in bed with the SEC, and they kind of helped facilitate this Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC because ESPN is partners with the SEC. You so form- did they take over for CBS, or is that what they're trying to get into? I think they took over for CBS. Okay. Yeah, so, Saturday afternoon games, which are usually the biggest games of the week. Right, so the SEC network got absorbed by ESPN. Okay. So their games will still be on CBS, but the SEC network was failing because it, it just is. I mean, it's. I mean, I've gone over that before. The reason why the Big Ten network works is because you have – um, I want to say three of the top, no, four of the top five television markets within your footprint. You have New York, you have Chicago, you have D.C., and you have Pennsylvania. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Philly. Yeah, and I mean, Detroit's nothing to scratch your head at either with how much that right. they love and, their Wolverines. Right, but Detroit, I think Detroit It's is like a number 11. 11 market, yeah. but you got four of the top five with Philadelphia, D.C., yeah, you know, and you know, you throw in Baltimore in there too, and you got New York, and you got Cleveland, you got yep. Detroit. So you 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 got some cities in there. That Minneapolis, you got cities in there that help you out. You go to the Southeast Conference, Tuscaloosa ain't moving the needle, not at all. Okay, there's no major cities. Uh, Mobile, Alabama, market what hundred and something. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not moving the needle. So that's why. It's the subscribers. So a lot of people I know when you get talking about that, but I want the quality of the games. It's about the money. It's why the Big Ten Network is flourishing. It's why the Big Ten Network can cut $40 million checks to each team because they're going to be on TV and they're making so much money per subscriber. You pay this whether you know it or not. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, like four bucks that's built into your plan that you people are like, know well, about I don't know. know what you're talking about. Like, when's the last time you watched Lifetime? Doesn't matter. You're paying for it. All of them. Lifetime That's, doesn't care. It's a part of that. When's the last time you watched the Home and Gardening Network? I, I kind of enjoy it. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <I know. laughs> or just some ridiculous no, exactly. network. exactly. Like, uh, um, like even MTV. Like right. You're like, I oh, I pay it. to watch Ridiculousness? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pay to watch MTV whether you want to watch it exactly. or not. Exactly. You know, the Oprah Network. Yeah. You pay to watch that. So... Same with the Big Ten Network because it's a part of the free package. If it was HBO where you got to pay extra, that's different, but it's not. So with the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, their voting rights together when it comes to the college football playoffs, they can stop the, the way the expansion happens. They can make sure that, you know what, all the games won't just go on ESPN because that's what ESPN was hoping for. We kind of we're in bed with the SEC. They got all the best teams here. We'll turn this into really the SEC tournament. Well, yeah, because what Fox has the Big Ten and they have the Pac-12, right? Right. So I mean, it, let me understand this. What you're saying, they wouldn't build a super conference, but they would be in alliance with one another where yes. they would play each other. Where, where, would they also shut out the SEC from playing the SEC teams? Well, here's here I'm going to get to that. Okay. But, yeah, you formed this cartel so that now you're all in alliance with voting. So however you all vote, you're going to outvote the SEC each and every time. Right. This is the way you keep the SEC in check in the boardroom so that they just can't ro- go rogue and roughshod. I equate this to, and here's something near and dear to your heart, I, I think it was what the uh, 90, the 1989 or 90 All-Star game where Isaiah Thomas was the point guard, and he froze out Michael Jordan. <laughs> and Jordan never, never, Jordan never got over that. But 
the those three comp those three conferences become the point guard. The SEC is Michael Jordan. We don't have to give you the ball. We don't have to play nice with you. You'll do and take whatever we say because we're in control here. Another example is you got a top wide receiver. You know, he's Mr. Flashy guy. He's on the cover of every video game and he's doing everything and he talks about himself in the third person. But you're the quarterback. You don't have to throw him the ball. His livelihood is based on whether or not you get him the ball. So those yeah, three guys. That's why you see T.O. crying about right. Donovan McNabb. They become, <laughs> right. So then, in essence, or they Tony become. Or Tony Romo. It was Tony Romo, my fault. Yeah, they become the quarterback. They control the situation. So they can say, no, 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 all the games aren't going on ESPN. We want some games on Fox. We want some games on CBS. We want this evenly dispersed. You aren't going to have the monopoly ESPN so that you can only showcase your SEC games. The other side of the ledger, it comes to scheduling. And what they can now do is make sure that they kind of play round-robin games, non-conference with each other to boost their schedule, to to give them more impact. So one of your non-conference games is going to come from the ACC or from the Pac-12 or from the Big Ten every year. Which is great. It 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 helps your profile when it comes to picking a playoff team because if you – it, it's what helps in college basketball. Even if you lose, but you went out and play better teams, you know, sitting there at a you know twelve, uh, ten and two, but your two losses are to two top ten teams looks better than somebody who went twelve and zero and played no one. Exactly. You're Cincinnati and you played absolutely no one, but you're twelve and zero. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You didn't play anybody, especially if you lose a game on the road. So, my idea for this is, I, I think that. If they did this to do it right, every mid-April to early May, you hold a day where it's basically kind of it's a like a selection show, where that fall you're going to find out which opponent you're going to play in the non-conference. Not ten years from now, because no one cares. Ten years from now, I'm sitting up thinking, am I going to be alive? You might have a different coach and athletic director. You that may don't have a totally different team. Imagine you're like, oh, we got Kansas ten years from now. Or, you know, or we got Oregon State 10 years from or now. Or remember that great home-and-home home Michigan State was going to have with Alabama? Yeah. That was great, wasn't it? Right, but I'm just saying, or a team that— <laughs> Exactly, but you Think wait, about a so, team that blows, and then all of a sudden in 10 years they're great, and you're like, oh, shoot. we they Oregon State becomes the next Alabama. But at the time, you're thinking, oh, easy win. Exactly. You don't want to do that. So you want to keep this thing relevant. Last year, 2020 taught us that you could schedule a relevant game within 72 hours. Exactly. That's what happened with BYU and Coastal Carolina. They got that thing done in 72 hours. It can be done. I don't want to hear about what the fans need time to travel. Let's be real. Probably about 5,000 fans travel. I'm sorry. You're going to go anyway. You're just going to pay a little bit extra. Yeah, that person's going regardless. If they have one day to travel or two, it doesn't matter. So you matter. know what? Treat it like a bowl game. Yeah. In a bowl game, you have no idea where your team's going to go. You scramble. You find airlines. You drive. You get hotels. You make it work. Same here. You do a selection show. could be on Fox where all of a sudden, okay, and here we have it. Clemson is going to be playing at uh, Penn State. Wow, okay, Oregon will be playing at Columbus. Yeah. And you do it. That way you can set up teams on equal footing. So you won't get MSU going up against Clemson. You won't get MSU going up against some, you know, 
team like well, you got no shot. Yeah, and I mean personally, I would love for I guess the third game against Arizona State because the last two have just left a bad taste in every Spartan fan's mouth. Haven't they ever? But that that would be awesome, and I think the ratings would be crazy. I mean, people for the NFL sit there and watch that schedule release, yeah. and you know the opponents. You know what I you mean? You watch it for Home the NCAA, and away. NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. When CBS does it, you're waiting to see where you, who's going to play who. I think this way it keeps it makes the sport relevant in May because it's right after spring practices. You're relevant. This is your day. This is your show, and coaches have a chance to set up. And you know you, you can make it either you know either week two to week four that somehow this game's going to go. If you want to be ballsy, you can set it up for week one if you want. But I think that way you set it up to make it fun. Because here's the, the the real news: the three conferences they almost have to align themselves because if you really look at it, in the Pac-12, you got Oregon. And yeah, that's about it. In the Big have, Ten, with name you have USC. No, no, no. But I'm talking about good teams. Yeah, you got in the Big Ten, you got Ohio State, and in the ACC, you got Clemson. Yeah, you got three powerhouse schools. Everybody else's name and name only. So when if you saw sure. Michigan, USC looks good on paper, not great teams. If you saw you know Miami and Penn State, once again looks looks good on paper. Not so much. And this guarantees that, you know, you're going to see different venues. So, yeah, I would love to see Michigan State, Virginia Tech at Blacksburg. That would be sweet. Yeah, sweet game to go to. So, to me, it makes it relevant. It boosts their schedule. It makes them and, – and maybe if you really want to go at it, you schedule two games where everybody plays a game from each conference. So, you're going to be at Virginia Tech, and then Michigan State may get, you know, Arizona at home. Yeah. So – that way, your non-conference schedule, along with your conference schedule, is boosted. So in the end, you have enough quality wins to make noise that you should be in one of those 12 selected spots, even as an at-large team. That's my suggestion. I actually like it a lot, just the fact that you're not combining them all to make one super conference. Because, no. I mean, the Big Ten has made that Final Four, what, Five out of six years, something like that. I mean, they managed to get a team in there. You don't want to do the super conference because the Big Ten does want to share their money. It's, but Absolutely it, it, but not. it's and I get <clears> it, but everybody's gonna get richer off of this. Right. And that's based what it on is. those games that you're talking about. Those first few games, everybody's gonna watch. They're gonna bill them as their marquee week. Think about how many weeks in advance they're gonna run promos for these yeah. games. And so it's I mean, it's it's like in basketball when you see the Big Ten ACC challenge where they can say, Hey, week two and week three. It's the you know it, this is where you see the cartel weeks where it's going to be big time games for these three conferences. And you know what? And you run them Friday Saturday. You run them Friday night. Why not? The NFL's not on. Well, here's why you can't. Here's here's why you don't want to do them Friday night. Every college coach would be against that. Really? Because I love those games as a fan. Here's why. You, you, there's a big reason why you're not even seeing it. But it's it's most fans I don't think would. By playing games on Friday night, you're hurting yourself recruiting. Oh, because that's where you should be for you, the high schools. You can't bring your top recruits to the game because they have games. So, this but isn't uh, okay? So, I guess I would only ask. But high school season goes to I guess it does go to like Thanksgiving, and that's almost the end of college season. So you're right. right. Okay, so you're going to play these non-conference games probably in week two to week four, maybe week one to week four. 
you're right there in the middle of high school season. So now what you could do is you maybe do a Thursday game. Does Thursday night game and a Saturday night that's game. That's what I was thinking, but I don't is there something with the conflict with the NFL where they can't play against them or is it just they choose not to? You just choose not to. It's like a gentleman's agreement. You don't want to go up against them on Sunday and they don't go up against you on Saturday. Think about it. The NFL plays Saturday games when college football it, season exactly. ends. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just that agreement. It's like the NCAA tournament, there's no games being played any sport that night. The NBA takes that night off. Okay. So, so that their former players can go back and root for their college. And that's the only reason why I didn't say Thursday because I, you're right. I never thought about the recruiting aspect of having those kids at your games and you want them to see that game day experience. Right. Because that's going to be a big time game. So imagine you're Michigan State, you're Mel Tucker. And let's just say you got Florida State coming in. Now, Florida State's not that good, but no, still but a by name, name brand. They are. So that night, you're going to pull out all the stops. You're going to do whatever you can to the stadium to enhance all of that stuff. And, you know, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But your kids can't see it because they, they got to play, you know, crosstown, you know, crosstown high. That's why I'm glad that I do this podcast with you because those are things that I wouldn't think about. Right. And, so and, it's a wasted opportunity. It's why, like, Ohio State on the Big Ten Network, when they got to play Friday games – They'll play them on the road. It's not going to hurt you. It'll hurt. Like like this Michigan State, Northwestern, it'll hurt Northwestern's recruiting. Yeah, because you would want kids to see that experience. Because, but it won't I hurt mean, Michigan State's recruiting. I don't know. Does, how often does Northwestern sell out their stadium? Well, they, they sell it out, but they sell it out because other fan bases buy out the tickets. So Northwestern does not sell but out. But those stands are always pretty full. The stands are full, okay. but it's Northwestern is – Ryan Field is the closest you'll, you'll ever get to a high school experience in college. Like there's probably bigger, like more no, the, the, pump the, going in Texas high school games than Have there you either. ever been there? No. Just it's see like, it on TV. It's like, high school ble- it's like a high school stadium here in the state of Michigan. You know how you got the big bleachers and the little bleachers? Yeah. They got the big risers and on the little side. riser. <laughs> so it's purple. The, the the Northwestern people are on the same side as the press box, and it goes way up. On the other side of the field, it's like the little bleachers, and that's filled with your opponent's fan base. And then in the end zone, it's like a horseshoe shape. Yep. In the end zone, it's kind of a hodgepodge mixture of the two. So at any given time, if you – like I showed up – I remember when I was with Drew Sharp – it was it was me, it was Drew Sharp, and it was Marty Martin. We showed up to the game late, and it had already kicked off, and we heard this cheering, and we were like, okay, who just did something good? Because you don't know. Because normally, if you're at the big house and some, you hear cheering, oh, you know. Michigan did something good. At Northwestern, if somebody cheers, and it, sure enough, if Michigan State did something good, but they were so loud, you thought they were the home crowd. So that's how Northwestern is. It's it's a it's a friendly, it's a visitor-friendly place. Park, visitor-friendly stadium. Now, having said that, I am so pumped for their Friday night game that they got. Yeah. What a little over two weeks. I mean, yeah, it is. Wow. So, you know, they, and MSU still has to name their quarterback. Mel Tucker's come out and talked about with that. Not naming them weeks in advance because I, I genuinely don't know if he knows. And right now, I don't have a problem with it. I don't know if it's gamesmanship or if they truly don't know. If they truly don't know. Then either you got two great QBs or you got two bums. Or or could it be that you do know, but you don't want to kill the confidence of another kid this quick into a year? See, I, I but I wouldn't handle it that way. I would do it what Northwestern did. Northwestern came out and said Hunter Johnson 
over uh, Ryan Helinski. And I'm, I'm thinking about I'm like, that was a mistake because Hunter Johnson just absolutely sucked. He didn't look very good, and, and that's but, I mean, granted, he, from Clemson. He went through some personal things, and then he didn't play last year. He went through the personal things two years ago, didn't play last year. He just didn't look good. And then the kid is a transfer from South, South Carolina. Helinski, right? yeah. Uh, Michigan State played his brother at Washington State, uh, which is still weird. I can't watch that game when they play the replay of it on the Big Ten Network knowing that. Ten days later, this kid's going to kill himself. It's just something macabre and creepy about that that you can't get excited about watching this because you're like, you know, did this game aid to him killing yeah. himself? It's a wild, wild story. But, but So you you rather just see here's my name guy. it? Yeah, I mean, like Harbaugh. Uh, McNamara's my guy, mm-hmm. and he's going to get all the first-team snaps. Which is so weird, okay, because I, I don't really mean to change topic here. But him naming a quarterback right here, right now, is something that Jim Harbaugh has not really done. Right. And, like, Wilton Spate, right, came back after a pretty successful year for Michigan, and he wouldn't name him the starting quarterback. Right. And it drove me nuts. Not, And I don't even like Michigan. I like seeing things happen bad at there. But if you have a kid that just did that well for you, but you're going to make him sweat it out, like, he came back. Like, mm-hmm. usually that kid... Nine out of ten times, ten out of ten times is starting. That's right? what I'm saying. I, I'd it's rather know who my quarterback me. is, especially if he's a second-year guy. Yeah, you know what? The offense is built Did around it shock him. you with Harbaugh to say it this early, that he's it been didn't. so confident? Because even last year with Matt, with McCaffrey and I Milton it, and all no, that. No, no, here's the thing. Because I think that Harbaugh's to the point now where he can't afford to be cute with games. Okay, He's to the point now where there's desperation, where he knows – the media and the fan base is ready to turn on me, so I can't come out with these cutesy little, I don't know who my quarterback I'm going to play the best guy, and you'll know when the huddle, the first huddle breaks. can't do that. You're trying to gain confidence with a fan base. Right. So, hey, here's our guy. He said that at Big Ten Media Day, that uh, Kate well, McNamara is QB1. Um, the first practices that now they I, had. I look at, at Michigan State, and every fiber in my being says it's Peyton Thorne. Peyton, when you go to practice, Peyton Thorne's always running the quarterback drills first. At the spring game, Peyton Thorne was the first quarterback out on the field. Peyton Thorne is seen in the videos with Kenneth Walker and and, and with uh, Jaden Reed. And, you know, you see all of this stuff is Peyton Thorne, Peyton Thorne, Peyton Thorne. He also showed flashes last year. But they keep putting Anthony Russo out there. I think Russo is a good backup QB. If you look at Russo's numbers, and I know people are going to be like, oh, my God, but Russo – is really like Rocky Lombardi, where Rocky was a good backup. I remember when um, when, when Lewerke goes down and, and Rocky had to come in in that Purdue game and he held his own and they beat Purdue. And he in gave that game. fire, and that's a fiery kid. And it's- he brings a different style of, of football. And, and I think that Rocky was good enough that he could win you a couple of games. And I think, I think. Thorne is more of a finesse quarterback who can move a little bit and also throw on the run, where I think Russo is your prototypical quarterback that we saw in, like, the 90s. And we don't know that much about about Thorne because he really only had that – he had one pretty good game against Penn State. Pretty good, but 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 Right, it was like, okay – but to me it it was Tucker saying, we got to see what else we have. And I think with Russo, you kind of know what he is coming in – I think Thorne is going to get that start and probably get two games. We'll give you the road game. We'll give you a game at home. And then I think they'll reassess when it comes to the week of Miami. 
Because sure. whoever's quarterback for the week of Miami, that's, that's it going the quarterback. forward. Yeah. So if Russo, I mean, if Thorne is, uh, I don't know, he's okay. Because this way you get a game on the road, a Big Ten game. You get a game at home against probably a team you should win and pad your stats. And let's look and see what we have. And I think that it's okay because then, let's face it, people get hurt all the time. I think Russo is a good backup. And the fact that he's only at MSU for one more year. I can build around Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne can become my second year and possibly third year starter. That's a luxury in college football. That's something that you want to have. That was one thing that I've always said. Harbaugh always missed the mark because every year he was putting in a new QB. Instead of just taking one, I still say, imagine if this guy just had Brandon Peters back in the day as his quarterback. Brandon Peters would probably be the best quarterback in the league because at Michigan he would have had better talent than he has at Illinois. And he plays pretty well at Illinois. But I, you, he never got a fair shot because every year, I mean, Harbaugh treated his quarterbacks like you know old disposable cameras. I'm going to use you and I'm going to toss you out. I mean, and that's the prime example with Wilton Spate that I brought up earlier. It blew Joe my Milton. mind. Joe Milton's one. Um, John O'Corn ended up being a scapegoat for them, but when he came in against Purdue. Everybody said that's our guy, right? And so. it's just, but also sometimes it's more than the quarterback. You know what I mean? It's the people putting thoughts into the quarterback's head or calling plays that maybe said quarterback shouldn't be running. See, well, here's the other thing that you, by taking it so late in the game, it's it becomes political. Where if you're a receiver, one quarterback throws more passes to you than the other, so that's your guy. So when you're out on the practice field, you kind of bust your butt a little bit harder. Because Evan takes care of me. So right. when you throw the ball, Evan, I'm going balls to the wall. And the other guy throws it to me, I'll try to catch it. And th- it can cause division in the locker room if you're not careful. And if you let a quarterback situation linger, I think that going back in the day, it ended up working out. But for D'Antonio, the whole Keith Nickel, Kirk Cousins thing went that was too weird. long and did cause a little bit of friction because you had Nickel guys and you had Cousin guys. And they, afterwards, after now that they're not on a team, but they will admit, yeah, I wanted Keith Nickel to be my guy because I like the offense ran better with Nickel. I like Cousins because Cousins would take care of me. There was some division in the locker room. Not enough that it was infighting. But, you know, it was one of those that, you know, oh, my guy's playing today. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, I mean, and you got to think about, like, if you go back and look at all that, that Keith Nickel went to Oklahoma lost out to Sam Bradford, who went on to win you know, the Heisman Trophy and do amazing things for Oklahoma. Then he comes here, and you're like, I understood it for a little while. Yeah. That, yes, you have a kid locally from here, went, was good enough to go to Oklahoma, which is better than Michigan State at the time and no, now. And still now. It, yes. And then he comes back, and you're like, well, we got to give him a shot. Now, he wasn't the quarterback Kirk Cousins is, and, and it was figured out, but you're right, it did take <laughs> – his style, too long. His style was different, and I think that either I think they could have won with Nickel. The best thing that Mark D'Antonio did was finally just put his foot down and said, "We got one quarterback here. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this." He did that all year long. Both would list this, or some, one would start one game, one would start another. It's the infamous: if you got two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Exactly. When he finally put his foot down and said, "Cousins, you're my guy, Nickel." If you want to be a wide we'll move you to a different position, but you're not going to be a quarterback. So you're either you'll be happy being the backup QB 
or let's find you someplace else to go to really use your athleticism. Worked out. And Nichols said, okay, I'll, I'll be a wide receiver. And then you got the infamous play and the first Big Ten championship game where oh, you catch the, the ball. Back. And then and you pitches, also have the Hail Mary pitches back from Kirk yeah. Cousins, yeah. So, which he caught off of somebody's face mask. Right. So it, it worked out for both. And now he's gone on to be successful outside of football. And Kirk Cousins went on to make $40 million a year. And sit in David Belling boxes because he wants to avoid the virus. <laughs> oh, Kirk Cousins, he's something else. Huh? But, yeah, you you want to name your quarterback and you want to rally around that guy so that it becomes your guy. I mean, you don't hear Indiana saying, well, I don't know who's going to be our quarterback this year. They know. Well, it's we Mike have a Penix great Jr. freshman coming in but, uh, and he'll compete with Penix. No, you don't have that. That's that's what you want to have. So, Since we're talking quarterbacks, can I ask you a question about an incoming quarterback for Michigan State, and that's Kaden Hauser? Mm-hmm. I saw this week his star rating went up. He's now in the, what, the 24-7 top 250. I think he's number 100 and something in the country. Yeah, he's 106 at rivals. He's, yeah, he's, he's How does that happen when the kid hasn't played a football game in months? Here's how it happens, man. And it's why the, the star rankings is a double-edged sword. Everybody wants them. It's, it's like ratings in our business. If you're top rated, you love it. But mm-hmm. if you don't, you pick apart the rating system and say, well, here's why it's skewed and it does it. I always reminded that scene in Anchorman when they sit there like, you know, those rating systems are skewed. You know, they don't take into account households with two television sets. So what's my man, Vince Vaughn? When he when Vince Vaughn goes off and on that Flips tangent, yep. right, he was like, you know, those cues, quit hiding behind those fake numbers, Ron Burgundy. But in the same goes with the ranking systems. If you have a top ranked Team, or if you got like Michigan basketball right now is saying we got the number one ranked recruiting class. They're loving the rankings right now because the rankings are in their favor because they got a lot of top guys. If they weren't, then they would say, well, yeah, but look at the offer list and this guy's better. He's a sleeper and he's underrated. In order for your ratings rankings to go up higher, you need to be seen by the right people. So that Elite 11 quarterback The Elite camp. 11, he went out there. Hauser went out to the Elite 11 camp, and he tore that thing up. I mean, you had people across the country saying, but this kid right here, because at the time he had just decommitted from BYU. I mean, uh, uh, it was Boise State. Boise State. And committed to Michigan State. So some people were still calling him a Boise State commit, and they were like, no, 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 dude, he's not going to Michigan State. But he went out there. He just he tore it up. He had a great uh, he had a great regional camp, and he had a great elite elite eleven week, where you know consistent. It was like a couple of days. He was the leader that day. He did that in front of the right people, and word got out. So it was like his rankings were going to go up. He was a three star on rivals, and I think he was a three star on twenty four seven. And everybody knew it's not going to stay that way now. It's kind of like the NFL Combine, where it's the Underwear Olympics. You're yeah. not getting hit. Yeah, you're, and you're, it's not a real game. So you see a guy face. who artificially gets because he runs such a great forty time, or look at what he did in the shuttle, or look at how he ran this drill, or oh my god, look how he ran through the passes so crisp. Well, there's nobody there going well, after him, so he artificially becomes a first round pick, and then once the games start, you realize. This guy actually sucks. He's just good when there's no pressure around. It's Darko Milicic. Yeah, I've always said, like, the NFL Combine running the 40 and all that, they should be in pads. Right. 
You're never running 40 yards without your shoulder pads on, right. ever. Right. So it looks like you got this great number, so but you're always, not going to run the same thing. It makes sense. Same thing. I mean, oh, my God, he bench pressed so many times. But then I remember one coach was like, you know what, here's the thing. If you're bench pressing, if you can bench press 350 pounds in a game, that means you've been pancaked and you're trying to get the guy off of you. That is true. And, I, and I mean, that, that changed how I look at that drill all the time. Like, if you have to bench press that, that means you've been pancaked, and he's on top of you. you got to get him And off. you're already out to play, and we're probably going to take you out the game. Well, some might say that it can increase, you know, jamming them at the line, but I don't know if I agree. I, I agree with more of your assessment than anything right, else. Right, because you're on your back, and you're pushing things up. So that means you're pancaked, and you're trying to get this guy off of you. Same goes through with the, with the uh, rating system. If you go to certain camps, that's why, like, a camp like Sound Mind, Sound Body was so big because you had major coaches there and you had like top people from rivals and 24 seven and ESPN were all sitting there with their clipboard and evaluating people. So Evan Jenkins comes through. Okay. We want to see what you do because you got, you're going to, you're a wide receiver and you know, Doug Karsh is the top cornerback in your class. And, and you, you see me torch. You, know? you two are going up again. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Maybe we need to reverse their rankings. We had Doug rated too high. We got to move Evan up. I have one question about the people that do the ratings. Well, I guess it's it's two-part question. A, are there, like, actual scouts that do these? And B, what are your qualifications in order to rate these players? Do you know what I mean? Like, It really becomes more of a you've done it for so long that you're just trusted. Okay. Like, um, you know. There's that Alan There's Trio. There's Alan True for 24-7, Tom Van Haren for ESPN, Josh Hemholt for Rivals. Those three are the local guys. They have just done it for so long and are able to predict so this it, kid is it's good. almost <laughs> like the 10,000 hours. If you work at something for 10,000 hours, yeah. you become an expert. Yeah, it's like, I, you know, I could go to these things and look at them and say, okay, well, you know what? Because Josh would be like, what do you think about this guy? And I'll say, Hey, Josh, I saw this kid, and I think he probably needs to be ranked higher against this kid. He had a good – he had, you know, at a camp, blah, blah, blah. A lot of it is based off of camp. It's not based off of high school stuff. Same with, with basketball. It's based off of AAU games. It's not based off your actual high school games. Sure. It's who sees you at the time. That's why you get sleepers. That's why you get guys who, you know, come from nowhere because either a, they can't afford to do the, the, the circuit. I mean – it reminds, me of, it reminds me of Shane Morris. Shane Morris was the ultimate camp QB. He went to so many camps, kid caught mono because he was just working so hard at so many different camps. He missed his senior year of high school because he had mono because he was on the road the entire summer going to so many camps. Five-star QB, number one QB, or was like one of the top oh, QBs yeah. coming out. But when the pads came on, he couldn't live up to that. And that's why you see a lot of disappointments because a lot of it is underwear Olympics because at the camps you can't put on pads. Yeah, no, that's very true. And I'm thinking about, like, growing up, the big camp that I knew about was that five-star basketball camp. I think it was out in Baltimore or D.C., something like that. That was, like, the camp. And, right. like, every major D1 coach would go and watch that compared to right. high school and, games. And, like, for me – you know, I got involved in doing stuff with rivals because I would just go and shoot games for Fox 2, and then it was like, okay, I knew that. And then, you know, you start meeting different people, and then, like, coaches would start taking your opinion. Like, hey, you you saw – I can't go to that game, but you saw him. What did you see? Should we recruit this kid? Should we go after this kid? And people just start – all of a sudden, 
lo and behold, you become an expert, Evan, because you've been around long enough that okay, it, it, it's kind of how we come to you asking you about you know sports memorabilia because stuff. I've done it for so long and right. I know the market. Right. So, hey, it. Evan, you know what made you this this expert? You just done it long enough, right? And then I people trust you. Good enough information that okay, that that makes sense. So so yeah, that's what happened there. Uh, we got a question. Anything else before I get yes. to this question that we got? Well, no. So just the question that I have is actually going to be what I was talk going to ask you about. So this isn't necessarily pertaining to college sports in the Big Ten, like I have done it before, but it does pertain to Lamelo Ball, and mm-hmm. I want to hear your comment on what he had to say about going to school. Lamelo Ball didn't play what his last two years of high school ball. Went overseas, became pro. And in a recent GQ profile, he said, you want to go to the league. So school's not your priority. We're not tripping off school. We know how to learn. We don't need school. And school not even teaching you, S-H-I blank, what the F is school. He went all Cardell Jones on us, right? He said, let me rephrase. School not for everybody. Now, if you want to be a doctor, better take that ass to school. Right. I mean, what you've done if you're LaMelo Ball is you've pigeonholed yourself that this this better work out for you because you don't have a fallback. And, or you better and, save. And based based upon how you your breakdown of the English language, maybe you should have took a couple of English classes in your couple of years of high school. But now, if, if you are good at a trade, I mean, you know, it's like did Bill Gates really need to – Go to, I mean, he dropped out of college. Like, if you know what you're doing, you're really good at it. No, yep. you don't need to go through the formal education. Most people go through the formal education because they have no idea what they want to do in life. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I heard a great interview on Howard Stern. This was years and years ago, but he was interviewing the guy, the big voice guy at the Super Bowl that mm-hmm. does the introductions. You you know that voice when you hear. I forget his name. So that guy lived in a small town. Worked at a radio station as a junior in high school. Never went to college. Yeah. Didn't even do his senior year of high school because he was like, I already have the job that I wanted. Yeah. Why would I keep going back to school? Yeah, you, know, you know who else is that way? Jay Towers. Yeah. Jay Towers never went to college. Same thing. He already had a job in high school, and he knew that this is what he wanted to do. Because I remember asking one day, hey, would you go to college? He's like, actually, I didn't. I just started working. If you're good at what you do. Then do it. Yep. I mean, it's how is it any different from you know Venus and Serena Williams? It's not, or or I mean, LeBron James is a prime example. Right, that kid didn't need to go to one class in high school. No, not because, one. But you you better be the best at what it is. But somebody like me, you have to figure it out. Because if you don't, then now you're relying. Here's the problem: you're going to be relying the rest of your life on people who did go to school. So you got you better hope that. Not only do you know basketball, but you know money to make sure that your accountant isn't cheating you, a la Tim Duncan's guy. You better know that everybody, because other people now know, I'm probably smarter than him in everything else but basketball. I could take advantage of it. Well, and I mean, I think a prime example on the other way, his brother, Leangelo, really could have used college to show off his skills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everybody's crazy about him in the G or in the summer league right now. But if he went to UCLA and put up fifteen a night, sixteen a night, he would have found his way to the league and not all these troubles that he has. But see, here's the other thing too: is it, by going through this, you learn just you know some type of a backup. This is why you see you know former jocks who can now go on TV 
and and ha- handle themselves okay. You know, well, based, I mean, based off of how he breaks down, you know, you don't need no school. Know if I want you on my TNT Scoot, broadcast. There was no L. Right. I don't, know if, I don't know if you, yeah, you, you're going to bring down the whole value of TNT. And I think Say he, what you want about Charles Barkley being stupid. He knows exactly Charles what Charles knows he's how to doing. manipulate people. He knows exactly what he's right. doing. Right. He makes a ton of money playing the fool. And here's Just a prime that, example folks. where we work 97 won the ticket. You know, John Jansen got his degree from University of Michigan. Right. He does very well on our morning show. T.J. Lang went to Eastern, you right. know, got his degree. I mean, you and look now at the Michael gonna... Strahan's. Yeah, you know, right. You look, people or Nate Burleson. Yeah, who it... turned what they had very good athletes, mm-hmm. but also very good in between the years. Because what happens, and I hate to sound like that guy, he goes out there, blows out his knee, can't play anymore. He's never the same. Now what? Hopefully, you made enough money. Off your rookie contract. Or think about, like, Cardell Jones, who famously said, I don't come here to play school. I come here to play football. Right. I bet he would think right now, who I don't know what he's doing, if he's trying out for XFL yeah, 3.0. He, right, he, he is trying to get in any possible league that he can go to. But Imagine if he had a good degree from Ohio State, which, by the way. seriously. Look at Matt Ishbia. I mean, that's a prime example. It, I say this to say, if you're good at what you're going to do, you don't need it. Sure. But and that's what, one out of 100? You, you, no, that's more like one out of 10 million. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's just be one out of 100 is great odds. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. To do it at such a young age and then if I told flourish. You that, I told you that you had a one out of 100 chance to win a million bucks, you're probably calling your wife saying, hey, we got a great shot at this. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Okay? If I okay. told you you had a one out of 10 million chance of winning a million bucks, you're just buying a ticket. I got a little excited. Right. So, and it may even be, the odds may even be more than that. That's just off the cuff. But you better hope you don't get injured. And you're, you're setting yourself up to fail. You're living good in the now. Yes. But you better, you better find a way to enhance your education, not necessarily through school, but you better start learning some things yeah, to make sure that you, you don't get taken advantage you of. You take business classes. I mean, J.R. Smith is a prime example, right? Right. A kid didn't go to college. He went straight to the league, right? Had a, I would say he had a pretty damn good career. Won a title. You knew his name. And who's now choosing to go back to school mm-hmm. because he wants a degree. Right. He doesn't need it. He's a multi, multi millionaire, but he says, you know what, I want to learn. And then he's also going to try out for his college golf team, right. which I, is kind of cool. It is. But you definitely, it helps because, I mean, you know, even a high I mean, you look, at, helps, you look at his father, LeVar Ball, and LeVar was good at, at you know, he was like a Don King, oh, he, he was, was a, a hype salesman. Man. Yep. Yeah, everything that he did failed. His his big baller brand shoes literally fell apart. They were trash, but he hyped them up enough that people actually believed in that garbage product. Which is crazy, except for his own kid that wore Nikes on the court. Well, yeah, his, <laughs> I mean, eventually the kids all separated from him because they realized business-wise, you're an anchor. Oh, you're yeah. holding me back. You know what he was? He was Cecil Fielder to Prince. Cecil held Prince back. Cecil took a big portion of his signing bonus yeah and i mean yeah crappy father i get it and they try to mend fences but but you, you, you know. never know you never know and you want to be ahead of it because you're right it, you blow out your knee stepping outside tomorrow morning because freak things happen what are you going to do right i mean everybody thinks that, oh this guy's going to be the greatest I, I i harken back to larry johnson one of the best players i ever saw 
and Larry hurt his back. Larry Johnson was never the same. Larry Johnson was destined for the Hall of Fame. Oh, it kills me. He was me. destined to be one of the greatest people. And he hurt did, his back. He did okay. He was grabbing my ball with Converse. I mean, he he was one of the faces of no, basketball. He in was the, the face. For me as a kid in 92 or 93, whenever that was. Mid-90s, he was the face of basketball. Even with UNLV, you knew who he was as a young, young kid. And then when Charlotte drafted him first, and then you added, you know, you added Alonzo Mourning, which made that team even bigger. Then you had the cool pinstripe. He was basketball. You're right. But the Larry Johnson I ended watching was tucking his jersey into his girdle. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it it can all change. So that's why I would say that. All right, real quick question from uh, Jake Hawkins. Uh, Back in April of 2017, Bob Stoops steps down as the Oklahoma head coach. If Mark D'Antonio would have done similar, left in April of 2020, how deep of a hole or mess would MSU football be in now? pandemic and all well if d'antonio stepped down in april i think it would they probably would be in a worse situation the thing is i think d'antonio probably should have stepped down right after the pinstripe bowl speaking of pinstripes when they beat wake forest in december yeah now right after that game now you give the university a chance to really dip into the the head coaching pool and kind of fight it out with everybody else to try to get that coach Tucker, I think Mel Tucker took advantage of a situation. You know what? I got a job. I got a job that I like. If you really want me, you're going to have to double my pay. And MSU stepped up and said, okay, fine. We'll double your pay. We'll pay you. We'll give you million-dollar assistance. If D'Antonio left in December, I think it would have put Michigan State maybe in a better situation because the new coach could have jumped in there and really – either added some new people to the recruiting class or brought some people who he had recruited to his school to come and join him at MSU. And I don't think that last year would have been such a write-off because he would have gotten an opportunity to learn his team a little better, whereas Mel Tucker got the job, and then the world shut down two weeks later. He had to, He literally had to have Zoom meetings to learn his players. Yeah, he was like the Lions running back Craig Reynolds yeah. <laughs> introducing himself in the huddle. So... I get what you're saying. I, I think it would have helped out some had he done it earlier, but if he did it in April of 2020, I think the program would have been even further disaster because now you probably would have had to hire from within and just b- bumped one of those guys up to be your next head coach because there was nobody who's going to – I don't think Michigan State's the type of job that people would leave their job in April. Like if Alabama's opened up in April – yeah, I want that job, and it sucks. And I know I look like a big d bag leaving you, but I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta it wasn't go to like there was all these shiny toys on that Michigan right. State team either. Right. So, so yeah, that that would be my thing. So, so you already asked your question. Yeah, my question was about Lamelo and uh, not needing school. All right, all right. Uh, for, <laughs> for Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.